everyone. Welcome to the podcast of the Vineyard Church, Chester Springs. We invite you to join our mission to love like Jesus, and you can connect with us on social media or visit our website, csvineyard.org. Now for this week's talk, brought to you by co-lead pastor Amos Grunendijk. So if you've been with us, we're in a series called I'm Not Okay, but of course the not is crossed out. There's a couple different things to keep in mind as we go through this series. The first is that if we want to get to a place of truly being okay, of truly flourishing, we have to admit to ourselves that we're not okay. So repeat after me, I'm not okay. You're not okay but it's okay. God accepts you. He knows you at your best and at your worst, and there's nothing you can do that will freak him out and make him run. In fact, he wants relationship with you. He loves you. He will pursue you no matter what you've done or no matter what you will do. But the, the way toward flourishing, the way to like be okay, even when all the circumstances around you are not okay, is to uh, enter into a process which is lifelong, a process of transformation, uh, to become more like Jesus. But this doesn't happen without a certain level of self-awareness. You don't know what you don't know, and you can't offer to Jesus what you haven't uh, kind of offered to him or, or realized about yourself. He can't Like, you want to be able to let him into those places that need healing. But self-awareness has an enemy, and that is self-deception. We trick ourselves into believing that, like, we're okay, like, we're fine. There's nothing wrong with us. If anything, what's wrong about this world is out there, not in here. We can deceive ourselves in all sorts of like bad attitudes and bad behaviors and, and, and ways of thinking. And so that's what this passage in James is trying to help us escape from. This is not a problem that some people have. It's a problem that all of us have. There is a part of ourselves that we have closed off and maybe don't like to look at. But the way toward transformation is to unlock and open up those parts of ourselves. So in James 1, verse 19, he says, Understand this, my dear brothers and sisters. You must all be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to get angry. Human anger does not produce the righteousness God desires. So get rid of all the filth and evil in your lives. And humbly accept the word that God has planted in your hearts, for it has the power to save your souls. But don't just listen to God's word. You must do what it says. Otherwise, you are only fooling yourselves. Right? There's this deception. For if you listen to the word and don't obey, it's like glancing at your face in a mirror. You see yourself, walk away, and forget what you look like. But if you look carefully into the perfect law that sets you free, and if you do what it says and don't forget what you heard, then God will bless you for doing it. If you claim to be righteous but don't control your tongue, you are fooling yourself and your religion is worthless. Pure and genuine religion in the sight of God the Father means caring for the orphans and widows in their distress. This is a really rich passage and I wish that I had more time to 
kind of unpack this, but I just, I want to focus on, first of all, the way that we deceive ourselves, but then the, the way that anger and the way we listen or don't listen kind of keeps us in that place of self-deception. It's interesting, though, isn't it, that in this passage where he's talking about how we can deceive ourselves in the middle, that he, he brackets it by uh, this be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to get angry. And then if you jump down to the end, if you claim to be religious but don't control or bridle, think of this like a horse that needs to be guided. If you don't bridle your tongue, you're fooling yourself, and your religion is worthless. We can talk ourselves into all sorts of things, but the one time I think that we are especially resistant to uh, self-awareness where we especially can put up our defenses is when we get angry. Think about the last time you've been in a heated argument. When you're angry, when you're amped up, you're not thinking about, you're not listening to what the other person is saying. You get into this mode of, of attack. You stop listening, you start speaking, you use your words to defend and or put down. The idea that we are people who are often, instead of being quick to listen and slow to speak, the idea that we are actually usually quick to speak and slow to listen says something about how open we are to feedback and how able we will be to change. Understand this, my dear brothers and sisters, you must all be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to get angry. This is something that you will not be able to flip a switch and do right away. This will take daily reminders. One of the dangers here that James points out is that we forget. We forget to enact what we have heard. If we are good listeners, we will be open to the perspectives of other people. If we are good listeners, we will realize, we will realize that the truth as we experience it is bigger than ourselves, that our perspectives in places are incorrect, that some things you believe just are limited or, or untrue, and the insights you have into yourself will be just as small. The idea of putting this into practice, being quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to get angry, it says here will uh, produce in you a type of what it's said here, blessing or flourishing. Like this, this is how we can integrate and apply, but also relate in healthy ways. I want to look here at some of what he says in the middle, though, as well. He says, if you listen to the word and don't obey, it's like glancing at your face in a mirror. You see yourself walk away and forget what you look like. But if you look carefully into the perfect law that sets you free, and if you do what it says and don't forget what you heard, then God will bless you for doing it. Notice the difference between glancing in a mirror and looking intently at the word. What, what James is saying here is you need to do more than a quick glance, a quick soul check to really understand where you uh, live in destructive ways. In fact, looking in the mirror, looking at yourself isn't enough. 
You need to not just look at yourself and compare yourself to yourself or compare yourself to other people. He's saying, don't look in the mirror, gaze into the law of God. You need to see not just how you measure up to other people, but how you measure up to the way that God intended for humans to live. When uh, James here references the law of God, he's really he's talking about the Old Testament scriptures, but for Christians, we, we integrate the New Testament scriptures, but more than that, the person of Jesus. In other words, what James is saying here, don't just look at yourself in the mirror. Keep your attention. Don't glance at yourself in the mirror. Keep your attention focused. Keep looking at the person of Jesus and let that be your standard. There's a reality, though, that knowing or listening isn't simply enough. You have to bring it into your life. Like You can't just know about Jesus. You can't just read your Bible. You can't just go to church. It needs to be taken into your heart. There's a scene in The Third Godfather where Michael Corleone goes to, I believe it's a cardinal or an archbishop, some prominent figure in the church, and he's upset. It's, it's ironic because he's upset because he made a deal with someone in the church and they broke the deal. So he's going to the cardinal to say, hey, this guy is scum. Remember, Michael Corleone is the godfather who's killed and murdered and, and committed adultery and all these things, but he's, he's seeing where his now foe has broken a contract and the cardinal takes a stone out of a, out of a fountain of water and he says, do you see this stone? It's been in the water for a long time. And then he takes it and he, he breaks it on the side of the fountain. And he says, but look, the inside is still dry. The water hasn't penetrated. And he says, so too with people. You can spend a lifetime in church. You can be surrounded by Christianity. You can know the Bible from cover to cover. You can sing the songs. But that doesn't mean that Christ this is what the bishop said. It doesn't mean that Christ has penetrated into a man's heart. And of course, the cardinal is not just speaking about the corrupt person that Michael Corleone is talking about. The irony here, the thing is, is that Michael Corleone can't see it in himself, that he is just like the other person. He has deceived himself into believing that he's fine. No problem here. It's the other guy. The Godfather had justified himself, and so that's the risk for us as well, that we justify ourselves, and we just simply compare ourselves to other people. We deceive ourselves, and so we lack the self-awareness that is required to be truly transformed, to really let Jesus in. And so how do we make our hearts permeable? How can we not be like the stone? There's a couple of things that I think we learn as we read the Bible and as we look at the person of Jesus. But the first is that we need time for self-reflection. The second is that we need the Holy Spirit. And the third is that we need committed community. So I'm just going to talk about those three things here briefly. We need time for self-reflection. We need a rear-view mirror. Because in the moments where we are deviating from the not just the type of people we want to be, but from the type of person Jesus is, our anger will keep us from listening to the other person, but also to our own hearts. And so you need a rear view mirror. You need time in your day, not time in your week, not time in your month. You need time in your day where you can look in the rear view mirror and say, wow, 
what was going on there when I got angry? What was going on there when I was a real jerk to someone else? What was going on there when even maybe I wasn't loving the way that I, I wish that I would have? And I, in fact, this, this is going to sound crazy, but I think these moments where we're locked in with other people because of the stay-at-home order can be a real gift or an opportunity to you because of the, the heightened tensions and the heightened experience. It gives you something to look back on to see where, you're, where you've deceived yourself. Go back to those moments. Wonder what was going on there. How did I fall short? Why did I fall short? Was there something that I was hearing that wasn't being said? Was I being totally selfish in that moment? Was, was the things, were the things the other person were saying to me somewhat legitimate? Like, if you're angry, there's a good person, the other, good chance the other person was angry, and, and then there's an opportunity for you to wonder, not why were they angry, but what was going on inside of me? Uh, the church has historically called this time of self-reflection and examine. And you might want to be really specific in your examine. If you know that you have a tr- problem with defensiveness, you might for a season look back on your day and say, was I defensive today? You might look back on your day and say, did I lose my temper today? Was I a bad listener today? This, this be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry could be the thing that you ask yourself every day. And over time, you'll see your whole way of being change. Because it's, it's not fair to people if you live your life on a short fuse. If you come into... Uh, a room with your spouse or with your kids, and you're already at an eight out of 10. Like, think about this. If 10 is where we, you go ballistic, and we all have a ballistic point. If you come in and you're only two points away from the ballistic point, then the, the noise that your kid is making, the fact that they've left their bicycle in the yard, the fact that they haven't cleaned up your, their toys is gonna push you from eight to 10, and you're gonna go ballistic. It's not fair to them if you live your life in an eight. And so maybe it's not even at the end of your day. Maybe it's at the beginning of your day. Maybe it's at lunchtime where you ask yourself or remind yourself, I want to be someone who is quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. Anger is just one example, the kind of rage. Again, James doesn't say never be angry. There are times where it's appropriate to be angry. It's okay to be angry, but to be slow to anger. That's the idea. The second thing is you can work on yourself and your kind of moral behavior, your, your, your character even. You can spend the next five years working on your character. But if you don't have the Holy Spirit to enliven those efforts, it'll be like you have a toothbrush and you're trying to chisel out a mountain. Like you need something bigger than yourself to come in and transform what you can't fix. You need the Holy Spirit's help. That comes from inviting Jesus into your life and from cooperating with what the Holy Spirit is doing. One of the things the Holy Spirit can do is if you pray to the Holy Spirit and say, Holy Spirit, reveal to me where I have fallen short of your design for my life, 
he can reveal that. So he can actually help you with self-awareness, but he's also going to be the one to lead you into healing. Ultimately, he's going to give you the power you need to go forward. The third thing is community. Not just any community, but committed community. Community that feels safe so that when you behave in a way that is hurtful or offensive, they don't just bail on you. And you don't just bail on them either. It's so easy that when there is conflict or when people are mistreated to just uh, divide or run or, or just get out of the relationship. But in a committed community, like a church, like a life group, you have people who will sit with you and on a weekly basis, this is what we do in part in our life groups, say, how are you doing? You can answer that question in a way that brings you into a place of transformation. If you're willing to bring out into the open, into the light, to other people, the places that you failed, the places that you've uh, realized that you want to be different, that community can love and support you in that. It's one of the reasons God has put us with other people to assist us in becoming more like Jesus. And so, guys, I just, I appeal to you. Wonder where you have deceived yourself. It's something we've all done. Implement some kind of daily reflection time. Invite the Holy Spirit to shape and form and transform you. And bring this into your communities. This is a great time. I said this last week. This is a great time to jump into a life group because we're actually spending some time telling our stories, wondering to ourselves and sharing with other people, how did I get to be the way that I am? Where has God been in my story? In the high points of my story, but also in the low points, the shame, the pain, the frustration. Almost always those things about our character that we are not proud of can be linked back to events in our past and times that we were hurt. And, and the way toward healing is to get into the middle of that onion, guys. And you need people to walk with you as you peel back the layers. And so pray with me. Yeah. And let's invite the Holy Spirit to come as we continue to worship. Holy Spirit, right now, I ask for a dose of self-awareness for everybody listening. We don't want our hearts to be like stones that do not absorb your love. We want to apply uh, your word to our lives. We want to be obedient. So show us the ways that we don't love like you. Show us our anger. Show us maybe if we are uh, resistant to change or, or bad listeners. Break down those protective layers of self-deception. We invite you to come, Holy Spirit, as we sing, that actually in this interaction with you, during this time of worship, we might feel just a little, a little bit closer and see a little bit of growth and have a little bit of insight. 
So we expect you to speak to us during this time, God, and we ask that you would do that. We pray this again in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks again for listening to the podcast of the Vineyard Church, Chester Springs. We hope you share this with your friends and family and subscribe on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. See you next time.